0: Glory to God. Sean, how's your how's your reading skills of of the King James? Uh, they're pretty pretty okay. Uh, come up and read this for me. Praise God. Pretty okay. That'll get her done. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> just you need glasses? Contacts. I got contacts. He's got contacts. Ah, what a sly. wear glasses that look like bottle club glasses. What a sly dog he is! Amen. Contact lenses. Praise God. Mine would fall out when I get really preaching. The pressure would build up when I get up ahead of steam and blow the. When I when I first had my my other teeth, when all my teeth went bad, and I got my other teeth. That's false teeth. They used they used to call them Roebucks because you could order them from Sears and Roebuck, and uh, I didn't order them from Sears, but. But uh, Patty was deeply concerned, Patty Suarez, one of our sheep uh, from long ago, not too long ago, but long ago, and uh, she asked my wife very candidly and, and honestly, she said, what happens when Brother Venable really gets anointed? She said, they're going to fly right out of his mouth. (laughs) And my wife said, he'll just catch them and put them back in and keep on preaching. Praise God. And they've never flew out. God has given me a good set of teeth. Terry, you and I know what I'm talking about. Amen. Anyway, I won't say any more about that. Amen. I won't say nothing about hair color or false teeth or anything else in this service. We're going to get real in just a few moments. Praise God. Psalm 2, words of comfort in a world of chaos. Words of comfort in a world of chaos. Look at the political scene. Chaos, absolute chaos. There's no other way to describe it. We've never had two more disliked candidates from either party than that's ever run. We've had one of them disliked, one of them hated, the other liked, but we've never had two people so disliked and distrusted and, and leaving us all in the quandary that we're in uh, in America. So in the world of politics, there's chaos. In the world of, uh, of global threats of war, there's chaos, whether it be North Korea, whether it be the nuclear program in Iran who's sworn to destroy Israel, uh, all over the world, wars, rumors of wars, chaos. It seems like seems like everything is out of control. Uh, the the ISIS ISIL situation all over the world. You can't get away from it. Terrorism is here, and it's here. It looks like to stay, and it's here in America, and it's globally all over the world. There's not a nation that cannot be touched by this, that isn't afraid of this. Uh, And uh, in the spiritual Christian world, there's a lot of chaos. There's not a unity to pray and stand together. There's a lot of division. There are false prophets, as it said there would be. And the Bible said many would follow them. We're living in that particular time right now. We're living in that particular time. I look back nostalgically at the... Time that I grew up in the 50s and 60s. I was born in 1947, and uh, I, I enjoyed my childhood. I, I, there wasn't such chaos as there is now. I hitchhiked from from where I lived in the Mango Seffner area all the way to the to the drive-in theater. Uh, me and a friend of mine, we would hitchhike to the drive-in theater uh, in uh, on Hillsborough Avenue down near Del Mabry. And then we would watch the movies, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, we would hitchhike from there all the way back to the Mango-Sefner area. We never thought of being abused. We never thought of being killed. We never thought you wouldn't dare do those kind of things in this day. We live in a world that is a perilous time, outrageous, difficult times, and yet God is on the throne. And I'm going to say something else that I pray you will believe when we're through teaching this. God is, because God is on the throne, God is in control. I want to say it again because you need to hear it today. You need to pray with a faith that ascribes to God His sovereignty, His power, His plan his purpose, and that he is bringing his sovereign will to pass. Even in the midst of the chaos, God is on the throne. How many will agree with me that God is still on the throne? He hasn't been dethroned by the devil. And he can't be dethroned by man. So, God is on the throne. Let's establish that before we read anything. God is on the throne today. And He rules heaven and earth. And Jesus Christ said something that you need to understand when it looks like man is in control and man has the power. In the middle of the chaos, Jesus said, All power. Not some of it, not most of it, but all power. Say it with me, all power. How can I teach with something as exciting as this? All power is given me over heaven and somewhere else that looks like it's out of control and looks like God is aloof in His heaven and looks like the devil is making strides every day. I want you to know that is not the truth. Praise God. That is not the truth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is on the throne. And God is in control. Make no mistake about it. So if you're praying a desperate prayer instead of a dependent prayer, you need to change the kind of prayer that you're praying. Because if God is in control, we're not in a desperate situation. The only way the situation is desperate is if you don't believe God's in control. Amen. Brother but we're in a desperate situation. Not if God's in control, we're not. You can't have it both ways. You can't be worried sick with God on the throne and in control. Well, you can worry yourself sick, but you can't pray in faith. Because there's faith and worry are not compatible. Worry can cause you to use your faith, genuine, legitimate concern in prayer. But you can't pray as if God is not on the throne and God is not in control. Faith reaches beyond the chaos that man has created and the chaos the devil is inspiring <laughs> and and reaches to the one who says, I am above it all, and I am in control. Now here's something that I, I don't I don't I can't make a call on all of the holy laughter incidents Uh, some have went beyond the, the the realm of decency and order and when that occurs whether it be tongues holy laughter any other expression we're missing something god's not the author of confusion but of peace someone sitting beside you is laughing out loud while i'm bringing the word until you can't get the word that's confusion and that is not the way the holy spirit operates But I want to tell you something about laughter today. We need a merry heart in times like this. It worketh like a medicine. Heaviness in the heart of a man causes it to stoop. But when the desire cometh, it makes it glad. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. We got too many. Christians that are bowed under the load of it all instead of believing God through it all and in spite of it all. And God wants to address it, and He did it in the time of David and Psalm 2. So would you please read that for me with your wonderful good eyes. Hallelujah.
1: Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves... And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh.
0: Stop right there just a moment. I want you to know what God's doing right now. In the midst of the chaos and the threats and all the things that are driving us into being stooped over. What is God doing right now? In the face of the devil's threats and the devil's plans and the devil's schemes, what is God doing right now?
1: Sitting in the heavens laughing. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Wait
0: just a moment. Derision. Derision. That means He scoffs at everything the devil is lying about and everything he's saying he's going to do. God's laughing about that and scoffing at it. Because he knows the devil is not a god, big god, or little g god. He became the god of this world because man bowed to him and gave him, gave place to him and gave him authority. God gave him no authority. He is a fallen angel. He's not omnipotent. He's not omniscient. He can't be everywhere at once. He can't do the impossible. Amen. Hallelujah. You better read that
1: for me. I don't get in the way of the Holy Ghost, brother. I know <laughs> <laughs> then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Verse seven, I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me unto me, thou art my son this day, have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are they that put their trust in. In Him. Hallelujah. Words of comfort in a world of chaos.
0: Amen. I want to make a statement today. God is on His throne. He is in control. 3,000 years ago, He promised mankind that His Son will triumph in history. He's talking first from His throne, and then He's talking about the one that He's going to put on a throne. Whose throne will abide forever. Amen. He's talking to Jesus. They were conspiring and talking together at creation. That's why in Genesis it said, Let us create man. In our image. That's why the New Testament says. Literally. Amen. Nothing was made. Concerning Christ. That he did not make. He was there at creation. Participated in creation. And that's why he said before Moses was. I am. Not I was. Not I will be. But I am ever existent. That's why the songwriter had good theology. When she wrote the song. His steps did not begin at Bethlehem. And they did not end at Calvary. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. God has the wisdom and the power to orchestrate all the evil of man to the victory of Jesus. See, the Bible said that he's able to subdue everything. Not some things, but everything to himself. That's why it said if the princes of this world had known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't have a clue. Amen. Princes means powers and principalities that inspired the people who put Him on the cross. If they had known God's plan for salvation, the last thing they would want is Jesus on a cross. The last thing they would want was one drop of His blood being spilt. Those that had Him killed would have been surrounding Him to try to keep anyone from harming, touching, particularly spilling His blood and taking His life. If they had known, but they didn't know, You see, God's ways are not like our ways. God's ways are not like our ways. They're far above our ways. Somebody say, how far? As far as the heavens are above the earth. Amen. That's why he asked for your unequivocal trust from your heart, not just your head. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Blessed are they. This sums up, this thing is summed up by saying, blessed are they who trust in Him. Can you say "Man, Hallelujah. Blessed in the Hebrew means literally happy to be envied. God has the wisdom and the power. All things. Not some things, most things, but all things. Even the things the devil means for evil. If God means it for good, then all things will eventually work together for good because God is on the throne and God is in control. Hallelujah. Wow, I needed that. I don't know if anybody else in this audience needed it, but I needed it. I like the Rambo song that said the world needs some good news bad. Hallelujah. And so do we. The world may appear to be out of control, but what we are experiencing are the death throes of a worn-out world and the birth pangs of a new one. Can you say, man, there's going to be a new heaven, there's going to be a new earth, and the knowledge of the Lord is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Amen. If you get into the book of Revelation, read the end of the book. Don't get yourself so worked up. Go ahead and read the end so you can take the rest of it in faith. We win. He is, he is King of Kings, and He is Lord of Lords. And the devil is in the pit, and God is on the throne. Hallelujah. End-time events may be fearful in nature. Perilous times are here. <laughs> Amen. But they tell us something about the coming of Jesus. When you see these things begin to come to pass. Look up. Why? Why should we be looking up with all the chaos and it looks like the devil is making strides and the false prophets are in the land and many are following them and the apostasy is not coming. The apostasy is here. The love of many is waxing cold. There are people I never dreamed would not want to even be in church with us. But they're not. And they have no desire to be. They have no desire to worship with us they have no desire to interact with us forsake not the assembling of yourselves together amen we keep saying that the hand doesn't say to the foot i have no need of thee but there are many people saying it this morning it's not just here i heard a pastor of a church with several hundred people said we've reached a plateau we haven't reached a plateau Amen. But he said we, we need a move of God. We need a move of God. It's all over the place. People are, are, are not are not drawn to God in this chaotic time. They're 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 distracted and they're discouraged and they're deceived and they're being defrauded of the faith that comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And yet when you see these things and we're seeing them and they're heart rending, heartbreaking. I talked to Brother Spain and Brother Spain said, Brother Venable, it's, it's a different time. It's a different time. It's a whole different situation. He said, I don't know how it is in Tampa, but here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, it seems like a spirit of lethargy. A spirit of sleep and slumber has come on the people. And no matter what we preach or what we teach, it doesn't seem to wake them out of that slumber. And yet the Bible says, Awake thou that sleepeth, and Christ shall give thee light. Be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Can you say, man, understanding what the will of the Lord is. You will never get it until you get filled with the Holy Spirit. So the signs of the times tell us that Jesus is at the gates of heaven. Rest in confidence while evil men scheme and Satan plots. God sits on His throne and brings His sovereign will to pass. So if you're uh, looking for a super person to come and politically deliver America instead of God to send a Holy Ghost revival... No wonder you're in trouble. And no wonder your heart is toe up from the flow up. Because we don't have anybody like that. Not down on this old planet. Amen. But God has a purpose. I'll tell you one thing. The church is praying like she didn't pray through the previous elections. Amen. Come on. I know I'm praying harder it's not out of desperation but Lord I see it I know I know I thought we thought maybe somebody would come on the scene would would begin to change the course in America but there ain't nobody to come on the scene to do that If my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way I will hear from heaven I will heal their land he may raise up a person that he'll work through but it's God is the only one that we can look to and the only one we can lean on, and the only one that we can trust in. I frankly do not know who's going to win this election. Billy Graham's son said, "Pray before you go in the voting, and hold your nose." That means whoever you vote for, it's going to be a mess, one way or the other. You say, "But I believe this person is going to do it." Well, <laughs> that only only God. And maybe maybe he's bringing America to that place. Maybe we've placed too much confidence in our political leaders and not enough confidence in the God of glory. Hallelujah. Maybe the church, and by the way, evangelicals statistically have not participated hardly at all in the political process. And we've kind of stood back like we did when Madeleine Murray wanted prayer out of schools and when other individuals stood up and we just stayed cloistered in our stained glass windows and, and, and did our little church thing on Sunday. But I'm going to tell you something. This is a different day. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. And we need to pray for kings and those that are in authority that we might what? Live a peaceable life. During the Vietnam War, my son was deeply concerned when he was in his second year of high school that he said, Daddy, will I have to go? I said, Son, if they call you, you're going to have to go. They were not just drafting young men out of high school. They were drafting doctors. It got so bad, 60,000 people killed, 150,000 wounded in the Vietnam conflict. And they were drafting medical doctors and taking them from their practices because they were running short on medics in Vietnam down at the last of that war. And I could not look my son in the eye and tell him, No, son, you'll never have to go. I did tell him, You will. If the war continues, you may have to go. Amen. And serve your country. You won't have a choice. You will have to go and do that. Thank God he didn't have to go. Thank God it came to an end. Anyone with children in here ought to be concerned about where this nation goes and who's at the helm. And we need a move of God and we need people of God to pray. But we need them to pray with the understanding that it doesn't matter who gets in office, it will not hinder God from moving. There is no political group big enough. There is no presidential candidate big enough. There is no group of people out here that that's what he's saying in Psalm 2. He's saying they're raging against God and his anointed. Who is his anointed? How he anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power and the Holy Ghost who went about doing good healing. All. That were oppressed of the devil, he is the anointed one, that's what Messiah means, can you? That's what separated Jesus from all the other Jesuses because none of them were anointed to be the sacrificed lamb and the holy Messiah, king of kings. Hallelujah. and they're raging against God and raging against his anointed. but you know what he said he's going to do while they rage against him, going to put him on a throne and establish his kingdom. Glory to God. The language of these verses are very clear in the English translation. The psalmist is saying, Lord, why is it that everywhere I look in the world, the nations are in turmoil? Why are they always devising some vain thing to the glory of man? Things like the Tower of Babel, the Roman Empire, the League of Nations, the United Nations. Why is it, Lord? That the presidents and prime ministers and kings on earth are always conspiring against you and your anointed one Jesus, why is it that the world 's political leaders are always saying, "Let us put aside the limitations of god 's word and cast away his laws. Why is it that they a few years ago in Alabama, where it really began they began they had a, they had a a big stone. Monument with the Ten Commandments on it. And as soon as they outlawed it in a courtroom, until they could get someone to haul that big monument out of the courthouse, they covered it up with the torpolium. I saw that and it broke my heart. But you know what broke my heart even more? That Christians are still looking to the world for their answers. It did not stir them. It did not shake them. 9-11, for a little while, there was a little stirring among Christians. People went to church. that had quit church because they were scared into it. Amen. And it looked like there was going to be a revival in America, a spiritual move of God. Billy Graham came at, during the, the 9-11 when the towers were hit. He came to address Congress and the Senate, and to pray for America. They called Billy Graham in. And he usually used the soothing psalm. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Prepares me a table in the presence of my enemies. But he didn't use that. He chose Psalm 46. God is our refuge. God is our strength. A very present help in the time of trouble. Therefore will not we fear though the mountains be removed and cast into the midst of the sea. Can you say man? In the middle of that kind of chaos. There's a God who sits on the circle of the earth. There's a God who sits on his throne. There's a God who hears and answers prayer. There's a God who is in control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But as soon as the threat to nothing else happened, people went right back into their patterns. They went right back into their HBO series. They got lost in the nudity, the violence, the bloodshed, and the drama. Buried themselves in worldliness. Drunkenness. Be not drunk. We're not talking about alcoholic beverage. Jesus said it this way. He said, he said Beware lest thine heart be overcharged with surfeiting drunkenness and the cares of this life, that that day come upon you as a thief. For as a snare, it shall come on all the people of the earth. A snare is a trap that is hidden until it is absolutely clamps together. And the devil is good at trying to blind us from the nearness of the coming of the Lord and the need to come together and edify one another. And there's so many people that have put put this thing out of divine order. Divine order is God first. Family second. Church third. Amen. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some, and now many is, but much more much more, much more as you see the day approaching. I'm convinced there are so many people at home right now that need to be here interacting with you and me this morning, hearing this message, heeding this message. Amen. Because they don't get it. They're too involved in other things. They're distracted. They're deceived. They don't get it. They don't know that the coming of the Lord is at the doors. If you ask them, do they know it? They'll say yes. But their activities prove they do not really in their heart of hearts understand it. Oh, how we need to encourage one another in this day. Let's put aside the limitations of God's Word. Cast away His laws and do what we please. And the comfort number one in a time like that is God's sovereignty. The fact that Satan rules as the prince of this earth does not mean that God has lost control. Satan is God of... not omnipotent. He's always operated with the limits prescribed to him by God. Amen. Isn't that good to know? It looks like he's got free reign. <laughs> he don't. The oldest book in the Bible is the book of Job. And Job begins by picturing Satan before the throne of God asking permission. Asking permission. Now listen. Listen. A lot of things he's doing, God doesn't will him to do and didn't give him permission to do. That's why the Bible says to you and me, give no place to the devil. Because if you give him place, he don't need God's permission. He's got your permission. Amen? Amen. Amen. You, You compromise. You make concessions. You give him permission. But he don't have it. You have the authority. All he can do is tempt you. You have to give in. Amen. Give no place to the devil. Our first house was a Jim Walder home. He sold a lot of them. They were they they were not finished on the inside. Our bathroom had a curtain on it. And we never got a you know a throne for the throne room. Amen? We never got an actual commode. We had a Jim Walder home and didn't have enough money to finish it before my dad and mom divorced. So they built a house behind the house. Amen. But I was proud of it because it was a two-seater. How many, humble enough to say here, since we're not a big city church, how many ever used an outhouse in your life? You did. I did. You did. You did. Yeah, down in Ghana. <laughs> You were glad there was a house when I ministered with Brother Spain in Haiti. We went out looking for the outhouse. There was no house. there was bushes. <laughs> you just go behind the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. We got a dose of being missionaries and we were not staying in the Conrad Hilton and taking a limousine out to preach at some big crusade. We were we were ministering to several thousand people, but we were out in the boonies to do it. Thank God for corn shucks. Amen. One of the things one of the things I missed was toilet paper. You don't think about things like that here in America. It's very important Seriously robot catalog Whatever (laughs) I'm glad God's on the throne And I'm glad for his sovereignty Satan asked permission To afflict Job And God gives him permission To touch all that he has But denies him permission To take his life He, He said you can do this But you can't do that and what does that indicate? That indicates Satan is not a God. He became the God of this world because of what man gave him. God didn't give him that authority. Man did. Amen. Romans six and verse sixteen, is it six sixteen? Anyway, it says it said, Whoever you yield your member's servant to obey, his servant you are whom you obey whether sin unto death or God unto righteousness. But you have to give place to Him for Him to be the God of this world. Amen? Because He has no God-given authority. And particularly over the believer. Behold, I give you power over all of the power of the devil. And Jesus said, all power in heaven and this old fallen chaotic earth belongs to me. Hallelujah. So why is the heathen raging against God and His anointed, our sa- His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ? Amen. Because the darkness is trying to push back the light. When I ministered in Haiti, I got up on a Sunday morning, people sitting on split palm trees, that young palm trees that have been split and cut, and they're rough. You do not scoot around. Amen. You do not not want to squirm in your seat when you're sitting on unfinished wood. You get splinters where you do not want the splinters. And that hurts. And I stood up to preach and those people had come for miles and walked. Every one of them, there wasn't one vehicle there to hear the gospel. And I began with my interpreter francois Fenelon was his name named after a great martyr of the faith in french creole i was I was getting ready to preach, and suddenly there was a parade led by voodoo priests, and they came down the road beating drums and saying singing in in French Creole, which I did not understand. And everyone turned and looked back because they were afraid of these voodoo priests. And so the service just stopped. And I asked Francois, I said, what are they doing? And they were carrying some kind of, I don't know other way to describe it. It almost looked like totem poles with faces on it. Said they're going to a voodoo cemetery. And they're going to have a service to counteract our service. And I felt the Holy Ghost rise up on the inside of me. I felt like David when he said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God? Can you say, man? I didn't feel intimidated, incriminated. I didn't feel like calling the service off and let's go hide somewhere in the corner. I felt like standing tall, declaring the truth of God. Hallelujah. And I remember the message. There's three things that God said He was going to do even in the end times. Three things God said He would do. No matter what the devil's doing, no matter what is happening on the earth, no matter how many people turn back, three things God said, I'm going to do. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh in the last day. Right in the middle of the chaos. Right in the middle of all of the mess. Right in the middle of the falling away. And I know the last day began theologically. It began literally at the day of Pentecost. But we're in the last of the last days. And God is pouring out His Spirit all over the world. Twenty- Thousand a day are coming to Oh, this is not just people getting liver shivers on Sunday morning. This is a mighty move of the Spirit to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Can you say man? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Twenty thousand a day. While the church is having to go underground in China, highly persecuted. Twenty thousand a day are coming to Jesus in China. Marxists, communists, Godless, atheistic China and people coming to Jesus and a thriving church that is growing every single day. The sleeping church is in America. One thing about persecution, it will purify the church. Amen. The real and the phony will be separated when the persecution comes. Amen. It is said during the Cold War, They were having an underground meeting in Russia. They were sending people to Siberia for preaching the gospel and baptizing believers. They were having an underground meeting. Two men burst through the door in the middle of the meeting. They were military men. They had automatic weapons. And they said, Who in this room are the followers of Jesus Christ? We're going to count to ten. And anyone who isn't a follower of Jesus, you can leave, but everybody else stay right where you are. And nobody got up and left. They looked at one another after a count of ten, laid their weapons down, and they said, God bless you, brothers. We've come to worship with you. Can you say man? Hallelujah. 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 One thing about the persecuted church, nobody's there for some ulterior motive. They're there because they love and serve Jesus. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. God is sovereign. Satan had to ask permission. If you don't give him place, I I remember a song from years ago, the, the, the snow is on the mountains, the streams are on the rise. And the devil is running. And if you don't give him shelter, he'll have no place to hide. Hallelujah. The book of Daniel makes it clear that God is the one who raises up nations and puts them down. As Daniel put it, he removes kings and he establishes kings. Maybe America is getting what America really has indicated they really want. Sometimes you get what you want and you don't want what you get. Can you say, man? Some people married a personality and ended up living with a character. Anyway, it's an inside thing. Me and Sean talk a lot sometimes. Little boy, spoiled rotten born with a silver spoon in his mouth his mama never spanked him his daddy never corrected him they've got a maid she can't stand a little brat but she's committed to his care she's good to him but she knows he's a spoiled little brat how many know there are spoiled little brats and how many know they're not all children i'm not looking at anyone i'm just looking at the floor So he's 5 years old, capricious. He sees a bumblebee. Bumblebees are pretty. You know, they got the yellow stripes on. They're just cute. He wants it. And he's trying to catch that bumblebee. She said, "Honey, leave that bumblebee alone. He'll sting you." Nobody tells him what to do. He gets whatever he wants. He looked around. He's still after that bumblebee. I want it, but I want it, but I want it. You know, she had a backsliding moment. She said, okay, honey, you go ahead and get it. (laughs) Amen. He finally caught up with it, and he caught it, and he grabbed it, and it stung him. Woo! He got what he wanted. He didn't want what he got. You remember ancient Israel? I told you about spoiled brats. Covenant people can become spoiled brats. They said everybody got a king but us. You're doing fine without a king. You don't need a king. You've got God leading you. He's blessing you on every corner. Nobody can defeat you in battle. He blesses everything you touch. But we want a king like everybody else. Okay? All right then. Nebuchadnezzar is going to be your king. He's going to carry you down to Babylon. You're going to serve it. They got what they wanted. But they didn't want what they got. I don't want what I want. I want what He wills. And this is the confidence we have in Him. You get to that place of surrender, your faith will expand and explode. Amen. Most of us dare not say, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Because we're afraid it'll actually happen, we won't get our way. Most of us want something, and have it in mind and in focus before we even start praying. Maybe, maybe a little junior needs to grab that bumblebee. Maybe he needs to experience a little pain before he gets out there in the real world. Gets killed or gets put in prison. Amen? Maybe you need to quit trying to pray everybody out of trouble because if it ain't, it, if they're a prodigal son, only trouble is going to bring them home. You don't have to pray for them to get into trouble. They'll do that on their own. Amen? God knows how to get your attention. I pray for you daily. I never pray for God to whoop you or the devil to get you. I pray for your blessing. But if you get hard-headed and stubborn, if I get hard-headed and stubborn, I'll tell you right now, he chastens every son that he loves. Scourges everyone that he receiveth. Brother Venable, I've never had a whipping from God in my life. You do not belong to him. You know what the Bible, can I tell you what the Bible says about that? If you be without chastisement, number one, nobody's that perfect. And number one, and number two, if you think you are that perfect, that's called pride, and God will whoop you for that. If you be without chastisement, ye are bastards and not sons. God does not acknowledge you, and you can't claim Him. Is that the word? I didn't say that. God said that. You can go on sinning with impunity. You need to get saved. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Come on, old hoss. You need to find Jesus. Amen. You need to get really saved. You get really saved, everything will change. If you can sin with impunity and God never does anything to get your attention, mark it down. You're not ready to meet Him. You're not ready to die. You're headed to hell and not to heaven. And you need to get saved. I didn't say, check the preacher's hand. I didn't say, be baptized in water. I didn't say, be christened and sprinkled. I said, get saved. I didn't say, join the church. I said, get saved. Amen. Woo! God, show sure enough, has swooped me before. And I think I'm in for a few more if I live a few more years. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Rod of correction? Hickory tea? Do you know what hickory tea is? Or well, do you know the term hickory tea? I'm from Kentucky. Yes, ma'am, you got it. I'm so glad somebody can relate with me. These young whimper snappers here don't know what. They, they... You, Pull that switch off the tree, that hickory limb, and a switch. That's exactly right, ma'am. I'm so glad you came today to explain this to these people. Amen. That grew up with Dr. Spock. You're Going to warp that child. I'm not saying beat your children. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Amen. You don't, don't do that. But I'm going to tell you something. We've got a good heavenly Father. And He loves us. He loves you just the way you are. He receives you just the way you are. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. It's God that worketh in you. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No chastening seemeth good for the present. Somebody say, tell me about it. Amen. See, they think hickory tea is something that helps you sleep at night. Like green tea. Or No, it'll, it'll wake you up. It'll get your attention. Amen. Yeah, it'll help you hit the reset button. My grandma, when she was, my grandma gave me most of my whippings. My great-grandma didn't give me any. She was my buddy, my friend, my pal. Problem is, my grandmother got to me before my great-grandmother could. I'd go off, she'd tell me to be back by 6 o'clock. 6.30, I would hear. Because I went to big Patricia's who lived, you know, half a mile away. And I got playing with Big Patricia, forgot all about. Forgot she's a big red-headed girl out. As long as I was Big Patricia, I didn't need a big brother because she could kick any of them boys' butts Any, I can't say butts in church. She could whoop any of them boys. Amen. Amen. She could whip any of those boys. And I enjoyed my time with Big Patricia. I felt safe and secure. But I didn't watch the time. I got caught up. And I'd hear my grandma say, Bobby! Bobby! And she could go an octave higher when her patience had run out. <laughs> Amen? And I can't hit it. But it went up. And, and I knew that was the voice of authority. <laughs> First two Bobbies, I could, I could wait it out. But that third Bobby. And you know something? She didn't wait for me to run home. She met me halfway home. She ran to meet me, and it wasn't to fall upon me and kiss me either. Can you say man? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, she she ran to meet me, so she and I always I wore short pants in those days because it's summertime. <laughs> amen. I'm running like this. <laughs> and she she's up in years, but she was highly motivated to get my attention. I got home the whipping was over the smart one but the whipping was over the Bible said don't you ever faint if God allows circumstances to come to get your attention it's an act of love on his part because if he lets you go the wrong way and he never steps in you never get sick you never get in an accident you never have a problem a circumstance to put you into a place of humble de- dependence and obedience again to where you don't set no reset button because the set button has never been pushed. We're expecting people who have never been saved to live for God. They can't do it. That's why they won't do it. We need someone to come to Christ. for if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things, you don't mean we won't struggle with the flesh, but you will not struggle with his right to tell you and me what his will is and expect us to obey it we will not argue with his lordship hallelujah we may struggle to obey it because of our weak flesh but we won't argue with his right because he has become lord and savior lord and savior that's why the bible called him lord and savior Because if you don't want him as your Lord He can never be your Savior You can't have a rebel heart And receive Christ as your Savior You have to humble yourself And decide that he's more important Than your sin That light is more important Than the darkness you're walking in That heaven is a better place To spend eternity than hell That's a vital Important decision And we need to be challenged On Sunday morning not coddled. Amen. But challenged. Comfort number two, and it's our last one because I there's five of them. God is not worried. God is not worried. By the way, he establishes kings in his sovereignty and he brings down kings. Something's gonna happen real soon. And I pray that the church of Jesus Christ will wake up and shake up and shape up because we've let it slip too long. We've been too involved. Surfeiting drunkenness, the cares of this life, beware lest thine heart be overcharged. There's nothing wrong. What did they do as it was in the days of Noah? So shall it be in the day the Son of Man cometh as it was in the days of Lot. So shall it be in the day the Son of Man cometh according to Christ. What was going on? They ate, they they drank, they builded, they married, they gave in marriage. Can you say, man, there's nothing wrong with eating. We're not talking about necessarily alcohol. Alcohol. We're talking about being so inebriated and drunken with the world. It's system, it's stuff that draws us that we become completely unaware of the spiritual realm. We're so caught up in the temporal and the physical, we've lost sight of the spiritual and the eternal. And God wants us to come back. Hallelujah. Will you give me five more minutes? He that sitteth in the heavens, verse 4, said, shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then he shall speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. God will get the attention of kings and mighty ones. And he says, yet, in spite of all the persecution and opposition, I will set my king." Upon my holy hill of Zion. Everybody say Jesus. This is prophetic of Jesus. God laughs at Satan and all the politicians in league with him. As they attempt to thwart God's purposes in history. He laughs for three reasons. First, the passage says he scoffs at them. The Hebrew here means the Lord will have them in derision. In short, this means that no matter what Satan does, God sees to it that it backfires in the face of the glory of Jesus. Psalm 76.10 says, Even the wrath of man shall go to the praise of God. God will turn it to His praise. God will turn it to His own glory. So in this regard, Satan must be frustrated. All his schemes. Ultimately, fail. All his plots, sooner or later, unravel. Hallelujah. And the cross is the most classic example. Satan thought he gained a great victory. Instead, it proved to be a defeat. God took history's most dastardly event and converted it into something majestic through the power of the resurrection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. i got to say one more thing before we close. In Psalm 2, there's a reason God is laughing. God explains it this way. As for me, I've installed my king in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the opposition, in the midst of the persecution. I have installed, I have installed. Not I will, I have. Notice that. That's crucial. I haven't. Jesus wasn't even born in Bethlehem yet, and here's God saying, "I've installed my king." Wasn't about David. Come on. <sighs> Upon Zion, my holy mountain. Very interesting word here. God speaks of a future event, the millennial reign of Jesus, as if it were an accomplished historical fact. <laughs> Hallelujah! Isn't it a strange way to talk about the future, as if it's all done and in the, in the past? It's a very common feature of Bible prophecy. So common that theologians have coined a word for it. They call it proleptic speech. I didn't even bother looking up proleptic. But I know what it means. Because the Bible is very clear in the New Testament. He calls. He's a God who raises the dead. And calls the things not. As though they were. Hath He not said it? Will He not do it? And when God purposes it, plans it, and says it, as far as He's concerned, it's done. And ain't nothing and nobody. I'm not talking about you with a free will. I'm talking about His eternal purpose for His eternal King, Jesus Christ. Ain't nothing and nobody, not even the cross and the sealed tomb, going to stop it. Glory to God. Somebody in control. Hallelujah. Somebody in control when it looks like everything is out of control. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's particularly characteristic of God in the Scriptures. The reason is that God is not in time as we are. We're on a timeline. We have a past, a present, and a future. God's outside of time. He wills something. It's accomplished. Whether or not it's happened in history as we know it. (laughs) Wow. Take, for example, the crucifixion of Jesus. We think of it as happening 2,000 years ago on the outskirts of Jerusalem on a hill called Mount Calvary at a place called Golgotha. That's how we think of it as happening. And it did happen there in time. But when did the crucifixion take place? As God sees time. The Bible says Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. Man didn't fall and God d- say, You know, I, I really messed up. I gave him a free will and he messed up. And in panic, how can I rectify this? Before he made man. When he, lay, when he intended to make man when he laid the foundation of the earth when the waters were separated from the dry land and the darkness from the light before he put the when he was doing all of that, he already provided a safety net in case man blew it. What a mighty all-knowing a God who sees the end from the beginning, glory to god revelation thirteen eighty as we close. Amen. It said that Jesus is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Romans 4:17. As it is written speaking to Abraham, as it is written I have made thee, I have made thee, I have made thee, I have made thee. Before he had one child, God spoke to him and said, I have made thee. The father of many nations changed his name from Abram to Abraham. (laughs) Amen. The father of a multitude before he had a child. And Abraham believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, who has this kind of awesome power over this kind of awesome awesome enemy, and calleth those things not as though they were. Joshua. What did God say to Joshua? Joshua 6, 1 and 2. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See! This is before they marched around it. This is before the walls fell. See! we in the south. Look at here. Well, what did he see in the natural in time? He saw a walled city that nobody had ever been able to take. But what did God show him and want him to see by faith? I feel like shouting. I don't know if we can stand it. Listen. There's no way in. We can't take it in our strength. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand. I have. I have. Not I will, but I have given unto thine hand. (laughs) Jericho, the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor, the day I willed it, the day I purposed it and the day you believed it and acted on it, it's a done deal. So as far as I'm concerned, before the walls fall, you got the victory. And that's why they didn't wait for the walls to fall to shout. They shouted and God put the walls down. Can you say amen? Woo Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah glory to God 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 yes hallelujah right on top folks I want you to know something we can't wait for God to do something to start shouting victory come on we can't wait for something to occur to shake ourselves and give Him glory glory We need to do it in our pickle. We need to do it in the middle of our mess. David said, I'll show you how this works. I will bless the Lord when he gets me through this i'll bless the lord when he answers this prayer now i'll bless the lord at all times his praise shall be continually in my mouth can you say man i will say of the lord (laughs) right in the middle of my chaos and my circumstances he is my shield he is my buckler he is my glory and he is the lifter of my head can you say man Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know who. God has not shown me. It doesn't really matter anymore. I don't know who. Amen. God's going to raise up in this last day to champion His cause. But I do not believe it will be an individual. I believe it's going to be His body, His church, His people. And I believe God is going to call His servants not to be nationally known. He's going to call them like He did John of old. Out of the wilderness and out of obscurity. People that have been seeking God. Amen. When old Saul is failing, God is preparing David for the throne. Can you say man? And there's a secret anointing taking place. And I believe there's an anointing taking place that isn't making headlines right now. God is pouring out His Spirit can you say man? Handa dabarko sanda kela basata baruti sela bariti Handa and we are in the kingdom for a time such as this, and God wants you to get your praise on. Can you say amen? God wants you to get your praise on. God wants you to quit moping, mully-grubbing, looking like you lost your best friend. Amen. you got a friend in Jesus. Hallelujah. That sticks closer than a brother who said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way even to the end of the age. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. God has established his king, and he's still working. He's still working it out. Glory to God because there's one coming. A glorious day is coming. Hallelujah! Book of Revelation said he's coming back not on the foal of an ass, not on a donkey. He's coming back on a white horse, the symbol of victory, of victor's ride. Hallelujah. And, and the armies of heaven are following him. And they are arrayed in white raiment, clean and white. White raiment is called the righteousness of the saints. These, I do not believe, are holy warrior angels. These are the Christians who he has brought into his presence and bringing back to rule and to reign with Him. Can you say man? Hallelujah. And I saw that old old serpent, the devil, Johnson. I saw him. And I saw an angel. Jesus has done defeated him. He don't have to do nothing else. Amen? I saw an angel. And it didn't say it was Gabriel the uh, the warrior angel. It just said an angel. I believe it was a private first class because he's already defeated. Subject to the name of Jesus. And I believe a private first class angel just quit feeling potatoes in heaven. Can you say, man? And grabbed a hold of that old serpent, the devil. Amen. And took him over to the bottomless pit and kicked him into it. Can you say, man? Bound him with chains for a thousand years where Jesus rules and reigns in the millennium because God has set his throne. <laughs> Hallelujah. And set His anointed one on it from the foundation of the world. Wow. Glory to God. So we're involved in something eternal. We're stuck in time. God works outside of time. Hallelujah. 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 And what's about to happen in America, I believe, could shake the church and wake the church. And if the church of Jesus wakes up, There's going to be a mighty move of God in this nation. But she's got to wake up, shake up, be shook up and shape up. And this spirit of lethargy and this spirit of worldliness and this everything in the world taking our time and attention, that has to change radically for the revival God wants to send to this, our nation, to His church and then through His church to the world. It never starts with the world. It never starts with the world. Amen. It never starts with sinners just getting saved. It starts with the church becoming the salt. And the church becoming the light that she's called to be. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll stand to your feet today. Let's shout the victory. God is on the throne. And God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. (laughs) And he loves us, his church. And he loves America. The springboard for missions to the entire world. No wonder the kings of the earth hate this nation. And want to see it divided and want to see it destroyed. Oh, but God is still on the throne. You know what he said to ancient Israel when their own sins had gave their enemies such power over them that God never gave them? He said, except there were left unto us a very small remnant. We had become like Sodom and Gomorrah. We would have been totally destroyed and annihilated. But there was left a righteous remnant. And make no mistake about it, Amen. There's a righteous remnant left in America. Oh, don't think that there's not some people that haven't bowed their knees to Baal and will not bow their knees to Baal. Glory to God. And through that righteous remnant, God is stirring us for a mighty move of His Spirit. Are you ready to praise Him before we go home? Do you think maybe no matter how the election turns out that we can say we're calling on somebody bigger than Trump? Bigger than Hillary. Is there anybody bigger than Trump? Is there anybody bigger than Hillary? Do you know his name? Hallelujah. My king, I will establish right in the middle of the chaos and the opposition. Woo! Oh, kiss the sun. Kiss the sun. You know what Hosea saw? And we'll get into that, but let me close with this quickly. Hosea saw them making idols of gold. Remember the golden calf? Hosea saw in Israel covenant people. In Hosea 13 and 2, he said, Men kiss calves. Remember the golden calf? They would have worshipped it and offered sacrifices to it. They were building golden and silver calves. And to show their allegiance to the gods they had created, they were kissing that idol. And you know what God says? Quit kissing up to the world gods of gold and silver who are no gods kiss the sun hallelujah come to Christ give your allegiance to the one that died on the cross for you because the only alternative to receiving Christ is being lost banished and punished forever there's only two classes of people down here kiss the sun. Quit pushing Him away. Quit pushing Him away. Quit kissing up to the world. What does it mean to kiss the sun? It means that you love Him more than the world. It means you love Him That's what it means. It means to commit your life to Jesus by falling in love with Him. Putting Him first in your life. Above your career. Above your family. Above your family. Above your family. Above your family. Family has a place, but it's not above Him. It's a call to make Him Lord of everything. Your family, your job, your hopes, your dreams, your thoughts, your words, your music, your reading material your food, your drink, everything. He's not Lord of everything. Hear this. He's not Lord of anything. There's no halfway with Jesus. Quit kissing up to the world. Kiss the Son so God can save you from the wrath to come kiss the sun, lest he be angry eyes as a flame of fire fiery indignation I hung on the cross for you I died on the cross for you I shed my blood for you and you chose Satan over me sin over righteousness John said he's not coming to be a savior when he comes back to this earth He's coming to judge the earth. And the Bible said men will call for the rocks and the mountains. Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Sounds like a contradiction, but since he was the Lamb of God, God has committed all judgment to the Son. If you're looking for a permissive Jesus Who's going to look over the fact That we've trodden underfoot His blood You're looking for the wrong Jesus That's not the one that's coming back We need the altars filled With penitent sinners coming to Christ again Brother Taylor We haven't seen it in years Churches all over the place There are articles of furniture Nobody uses them anymore Proud, arrogant Worldly, kissing the gold and silver calves. That's idolatry. And covetousness is idolatry. You don't have to have a figure to look at. Hosea said, they're kissing these calves. God said, kiss the Son. Kiss the Son. For as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads? Too many people are going to be lost. Many will say in that day, and they're churchy people. Lord! 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 Jesus said, and I will say unto them, presumptuous, religious, self-willed, disobedient, proud, blasphemy calling me lord depart from me you that work iniquity i never knew you you can claim christ he has to acknowledge that claim you don't wait till you stand at the judgment You let Him call you now. Now is the day of salvation. Today, this very day. This is the accepted time. Not after you've sown your wild oats, sinned your pet sins until you're sick of sin. It's today, here, and now. Would you bow your head for a moment? Anyone in this room would say, Pastor Venerable, I want to be ready for the coming of Christ. I want to kiss the Son this morning. I want to escape the wrath to come. I want to embrace the one who loved me enough to die on the cross to keep me from hell and take me to heaven and reconcile me to God. Anyone in this room, I need Christ. I need Christ. Second question I have been drifting. Pastor, I have been drifting. In fact, don't address it to me, address it to God. God, I've I've been drifting. 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 I want to come back close to you. Can I see your hand today? Thank God for these hands. Yes, 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 yes. God sees them. God sees them. Hallelujah. Thank God. God's doing something here. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, if you take one step and you just did toward the Lord, He's going to take two towards you. If you return to Him, He returns to you. Praise God. Oh, something is occurring. Right now, God's calling a people from a people. Hallelujah. 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 God, you saw these hands. You saw these hearts. You see the door has swung wide open to you. Hallelujah. I know you've promised to come in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise in this song before we go home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.